Is this frequency in use? Welcome to Southgate Vibes, a selection of the latest stories direct from Southgate Amateur Radio News. I'm Steve Richards, Golf 4 Hotel Papa Echo. You're going to hear my personal picks of what is happening in amateur radio and the wider world of communications. Whether you're just starting out in ham radio or an experienced operator spinning around the spectrum for those rare and sometimes strange signals, I hope you'll find something to entertain you here. Welcome to Southgate Vibes. Welcome, welcome once again to Southgate Vibes, where we try to wade through the man-made noise and find out what's been going on with radio and communications. There have been a couple of solar storms recently, but the shortwave bands haven't necessarily been too badly affected, and only just a few moments ago I could hear New Zealand hams calling on the 80 metre, that's 3.5 megahertz, band. Long distance, or DX contacts like that, tend to take place near the top end of the bands, and more local conversations politely avoid that part of the allocation. Well, we start this episode with the appalling news that a licensed radio amateur has disgraced his hobby and the privilege of possessing a transmitting licence. Information is still a bit sketchy, but the following newspaper report has appeared, which gives us some detail. The Hastings and St Leonard's Observer, a local UK newspaper, reports that a radio amateur has been convicted of making racial remarks on air. The newspaper said that police confirmed on the 2nd of February that a man from Rye had been convicted of broadcasting racist messages over CB and amateur radio frequencies. John Saxby, aged 61, of Rye Harbour Road, was convicted of a charge of committing racially aggravated harassment without violence when he appeared at Hastings Magistrates Court on Wednesday, January the 19th. Police said he received a restraining order, a community order, an unpaid work requirement of 80 hours and fines totalling £180. The court heard that between March and June 2021, Saxby made a number of racial remarks over the radio networks. Police said that one victim in particular was targeted by Saxby, who made racial comments and remarks about their disabilities over the course of several months. PC Ryan Welby of Hastings CID said that racism has no place in our society. This conviction shows the public that even those who choose to abuse others from behind closed doors will be discovered. We will always treat such reports seriously and act on the evidence presented, he said. This story can be seen at www.hastingsobserver.co.uk and it's understood that the matter has been referred to Ofcom to consider whether this individual's amateur radio licence should be revoked. (music) Democracy is alive and well in Belgium. Well, at least the ham radio sector. The Belgian National Amateur Radio Society is gearing up for the next major conference of the International Amateur Radio Union and is asking its members to put forward ideas and proposals to take ham radio forward at that meeting. 
Belgium's National Amateur Radio Society, the UBA, is asking its members for input for the International Amateur Radio Union Interim Conference, which is planned for June. Every three years, in non-pandemic times, there's an IARU conference of all the countries from Europe, Africa and parts of Asia that make up IARU Region 1. One year in advance, the HF, VHF and EMC managers come together at a meeting in Vienna. This enables them to prepare properly for the full conference that would normally take place the following year. This time, it's been decided to have these managers meet in Friedrichshafen in June of 2022. This is, of course, subject to the further evolution of the coronavirus situation. The agenda of the interim conference is partly determined by the proposals that the various IARU Region 1 associations place on the agenda. These proposals will then be discussed in the three working groups, HF, VHF and EMC. The UBA says that input from its members is desirable. If members have a proposal that fits with the framework of one of these three working groups, UBA would like to hear from them. However, there is a strict deadline. Since all proposals must be submitted for the main meeting next January, contributions must reach UBA by the 1st of March 2022 at the latest. This gives the various UBA committees a chance to look at the proposals and the board of directors can discuss them at its last meeting of 2022. Well, I mentioned a little earlier that we've been experiencing some solar storms of late, as the sun gets more and more excitable as it ramps up the side of Solar Cycle 25. And by the way, it looks like it's ahead of predictions. But if you want to keep tabs on big solar events, watch the graphs which show the Interplanetary K-Index, or KP-Index, as this gives a good indication of real-time sun events, and then you have to sit back and twiddle your thumbs for the effects to be felt in Earth's ionosphere or through visual aurora. And bear in mind that some events on the sun travel towards Earth at millions of kilometres per second. Others take several days to arrive. Well, it is 93 million miles away, after all. The other thing you can do is sign up to the British Geological Survey. Go to www.geomag.bgs.ac.uk and there you can register to receive email alerts for all geomagnetic disturbance events that may affect the Earth. And in this next item, we should heed the warning that a really huge solar event is only a matter of time away. The American Radio Relay League says that numerous powerful X-class solar flares occurred last autumn, as Solar Cycle 25 activity picked up. In his QST magazine column, John Jones, November Zero, Juliet Kilo, pointed out that even more powerful flares than these had taken place in the past, such as the so-called Carrington event in 1859, during which visual aurora was seen in the South Pacific and in Cuba, and it sparked electrical fires. It was called the Carrington event after Richard Carrington, the British astronomer that observed it. Similar events took place in the 20th century, but, as Jones noted, scientists are researching spectacular solar storms that took place as early as 7176 BC and in 5259 BC. Knowledge of the huge solar flare of some 9,200 years ago has convinced researchers that we are not ready for the next one and our modern technology would take a major hit. 
Jones also said that the Earth may have narrowly dodged a Carrington-level event in 2012. Daniel Baker of the University of Colorado, speaking at the NOAA Space Weather Workshop, said that if it had hit, we would still be picking up the pieces now. Jones said that his reading had led him to conclude that these solar superstorms occur more frequently than people think. As more ice cores and tree rings are sampled, scientists are finding that there have been more of these major solar storms than originally thought. In his column, Jones cited a 2013 Royal Academy of Engineering report that discussed the risks of a Carrington-level event occurring. An extreme space weather event, or solar superstorm, is one of a number of potentially high-impact but low-probability natural hazards. So said Paul Cannon, chair of the working group that developed the report. Extreme space weather can have impacts on engineering systems and infrastructure. Cannon said that the hazards and risks of extreme space weather on the electricity grid, satellites and air passenger safety had not previously been critically assessed. His group's report attempted to address that omission. Raymond Muschler, a geology researcher at Lund University in Sweden, said that these enormous storms are currently not sufficiently included in risk assessments. It is of the utmost importance to analyse what these events could mean for today's technology and how we can protect ourselves. John Jones said in QST that a Carrington event taking place today could destroy orbiting satellites, disrupt GPS and damage undersea cables and internet infrastructure on the ground. And he added that a known event in 775 AD was believed to have been 100 times stronger than the Carrington event. You can read the full ARRL story at awrl.org forward slash news. Well, that's it for this time. You've been listening to Southgate Vibes, stories about amateur radio and the world of communications from Southgate Amateur Radio News. You can find these stories and many more daily reports at our website, southgatearc.org. Don't forget, we'd love to hear from you. You can get in touch by sending an email to vibes at southgatearc.org. So until next time, this is Steve Richards, G4 Hotel Papa Echo, signing off and wishing you best 